Welcome to Jumping Through Hoops, the podcast show which finds hope for a better quality of life beyond mental and wellness and addictions. So I'm Amy McCauley, the host of the show, and I warmly welcome you to join me and my guests as we uncover the secret sauce to move from surviving to thriving in life. Hi guys, it's Amy from Jumping Through Hoops and I'm really, really excited to introduce you to this episode that I have today with the amazing Gareth Edwards, who is, I will introduce you to him, he is such a, an absolute tonic in life, like he, I met Gareth a few years ago um, and yeah, just an absolute ray of sunshine in this life. Gareth is a writer, a musician and a songwriter. And he really does add incredible sparkle into this world. When I first met him, I met him at a laughter yoga conference. And I have never been in so many stitches in my whole life. <laughs> he is amazing. Um, such an amazing guy with the biggest of hearts. And I'm so honoured that you're here today with me, Gareth, to to um, have a chat with me about mental health. Because that's something that I know um, is, is um, something that you are very passionate about. Um, so thank you so much, Gareth, for joining me today on my on my podcast. And um, I'd love you to introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself, and yeah, introduce yourself. Wow, how do I follow that? Thank you, Amy. That was uh, <laughs> that was some billing. Um, yeah, so my name's Gareth, and as you can hear by the accent, I hail from the UK. So I was born and bred in Manchester, in the north of England. Uh, but my family is very much Celtic, you know, Scottish, Irish, Welsh, like a lot of us. And um, yeah, I moved to New Zealand in 2002 for a year, and I've been here ever since. And uh, yeah, I've got a real passion for good mental health, well-being, inclusion. Um, yeah, just all the good stuff, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and what is it that you love doing? Like, what do you love to do in this world? Ah, my absolute moment of joy is writing songs. That's that's yeah. the bit. Yeah, playing instruments, guitar, piano, and and writing songs and being in the flow of that real beautiful creativity. That's that's where my most joy is. Um, yeah. But you know, hot on the heels, really enjoy a good laugh and doing the laughter yoga and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoy being with community, being with people, particularly people on a similar journey. People are sort of like yourselves, you know, looking for more well-being, looking for more uh, joy and happiness and wanting to contribute. Yeah, I really like people who want to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. And you certainly do that. I've had um, the privilege of having you write a couple of songs, a few songs. Uh, I think you wrote a couple of songs for my children when they were a bit younger. And um, when we were doing our hooping challenge, you certainly sparkled up that challenge with all your wonderful daily songs. This guy has an amazing talent for that. You really do. <laughs> that is your light. That is definitely the light that you shine yeah. in this world. It's amazing. It's great to see. So I'd love to hear about, you know, w- you know, share with us your personal journey in your life. Like, tell us a bit more about yourself, Gareth. Yeah, sure. So I guess for me, a lot of what I've been doing for the last 20 years came from some really tough stuff um, back in my mid-20s. And, um, yeah, so around about 25, after, you know, many years of, of tripping the light fantastic with, with the chemical joy, um, I ended up quite depressed. Yeah. And then, yeah, ended up um, taking antidepressants, then getting quite high and getting manic. And, yeah, in my 25th year, I was hospitalised. 
diagnosed bipolar. And that was a massive, you know, just such an impact. To be honest, I'm only really seeing how much of an impact that is now, you know, 20 years on. And I came out of there really, really determined a, to be uh, well and happy in myself, but also, you know, wanted to share some of that, you know, um, yeah, wanted to make sure that, yeah, I could, I could share some of my own learnings and some of my own path from that point. Absolutely, because quite a shock for you to, to to hear that about yourself that you know you've got bipolar. This is something. Did they tell you this is something that you're going to be living with for the rest of your life? Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got the I got the usual prognosis. You know the forecast that they give you, and yeah. you know they told me all sorts of things that I found incredibly, you know, just incredibly restrictive. You know, like you're yeah. going to be on meds for the rest of your life. You know, you should sort of lower your expectations so you don't feel, you know, too much stress and strain in life. Even down to, you know, you might want to think about whether you have a family and have children or not, you know, and the, the risks that there might be mm-hmm. to my well-being and theirs and all sorts of horrible stuff. Right. And then, you know, for a long time, I believed it. I bought into it for a good, good couple of years. And then, you know, as the years rolled by and I didn't end up back in hospital, which is a very common experience for people with bipolar, they tend to, going in and out of hospital for quite a while and uh, yeah I managed to stay out of hospital and over the years after that I thought actually you know maybe I can you know live the life I want to live not to live they live the life they think would be safe. Yes absolutely and how did that how's that been for you since uh, then Gareth? Oh it's been amazing it's been truly amazing <laughs> especially the last uh, maybe five or six years. Yeah. yeah really reclaimed a lot of who I was, you know, before those, uh, before that year of doom and, um, and really strove to find the thing. So like the laughter yoga is a really good example. Yeah. So for those who don't, haven't heard of laughter yoga, it's a very simple practice of, you know, laughter. It's a breath practice, a pranayama practice is how it's called in the yoga circles. And, um, yeah, when I discovered it, I mean, obviously it was great joy, in a hospital environment, your laughter becomes a symptom. Yeah. So at the risk of oversimplifying, if you don't laugh enough, then you're depressed, and if you laugh too much, you're manic. So to reconnect with just the joy of a good, hearty laugh was so amazing. And I knew in the very first session I ever took part in, I knew that it was something I had to learn and share. It was just, it was just gold. Yeah, I, I agree with you. When I first heard about laughter yoga, it was, it was something that, it appealed to that sort of um, humorous side of myself. I didn't understand what it was really about, but the healing aspect with laughter is quite amazing. And, um, you know, to, for people who have, who do suffer from mental health, even that forced laughter and laughter yoga, mm-hmm. that kind of like, it's just the, the benefits are, you know, you'll never walk away from the station feeling, feeling bad, will you? No, I mean, you know, you do the forced laughter to get to the real laughter and the real yeah. laughter, you know, so many people tell oh. me after a session, they haven't laughed like that since they were oh. kids. Absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. exactly right. I remember we did that. We, we did a, a session together once and, um, yeah. you know, the, the, um, we had a few people together in the room and it's that free laughter, you know, the, the, the sort of 
beginning laughter where you just like ha 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 ho 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 but then when you as you say you peel back that real laughter it's like I don't remember laughing like that um <laughs> without narcotics before <laughs> like that was a yeah. real, I am going to be sick this laughter is so intense but yeah. the feeling of relief after the feeling of elation after you mm. know it would be it would be it's so powerful and it's a really natural antidepressant isn't it it is, and, and it's really beautiful for you know people like us who you know I've got experience with substances, yeah. you know, because you know particularly in those early days, you know that was yeah. joy seeking, that was pleasure seeking. Yeah. All the while, we've got the best chemicals ever. You know, there's nothing better than our own endorphins. There's nothing better than our own dopamine and serotonin. You know, so I, I think for people like us who chased chemical pleasure. To yeah. find that natural buzz, and, and you know as well, I mean, you get that oh. for exercise and all sorts yeah. of places. It's better than any drug. It is cleaner way better. And, yeah, beautiful. I love that. It's such a powerful tool to share with the world, Gareth. Um, because, like you say, you know, when people are, and, and I'm sure we're not alone. Where there's there's millions of people who are seeking that buzz, you know, and thinking that the only way they can get it is through alcohol, through sugar, through narcotics, through drugs. But the, you're right, like we've got access to these um, mm. natural drugs every single day, which is why I do what I do with my exercise. And, and the laughter, it's just, it's, it's so powerful. So thank you for sharing that tool, because it really is. And I think um, you, people can access laughter yoga on things like YouTube or, you know, have a look up in their local area for um, like laughter yoga instructors. Is it yeah, definitely. They, Mm. Yeah, it's all out there. Um, I've got a one minute laughter challenge on my website. Where oh, brilliant! Share your website. Yeah, so my website is Gareth Edwards, but with yeah. a hyphen. So Gareth-Edwards.com, and within there is it's a one minute video of me laughing, <laughs> but doing that classic, you know, starting off faking it till you make it, you know, and then yeah, there's a release around about I don't know thirty five seconds or something. It just goes, and it's, oh. it's just gorgeous. Yeah. It is. I dare you guys to go and watch that <laughs> and try not to laugh. <laughs> this man is infectious, like literally infectious. <laughs> and honestly, like that is the thing, Gareth. It's like, what did I do the other day? I can't remember where I was. Oh, I know where it was exactly that. I was I was taking my dog to the netball and, and it was raining outside. It was 7.30 in the morning and I knew that the whole morning was going to be about standing outside getting really, really wet. <laughs> and um, well, let's just say I wasn't in the best of moods. <laughs> so um, I got out my app and I, I, made, this la I made this video um, on an app called TikTok. Um, and oh, I, I yeah. made this video and honestly, I was, I was like, I do crack myself up. But I watched the video a few times and I laughed out loud. It was like so great. We've got to be able to laugh at ourselves. But that whole, and then honestly, five or 10 minutes later, I just felt so good. I felt like, yeah, my mood's lifted. I'm, I'm ready. I can handle this. This is all good. It was so simple. You know, we could easily oh, access, you know, it's, it's at our fingertips. We've got a phone all the time. We could look up a funny video. Who's your favourite comedian? Who's your favourite, um, you know, somebody who just makes you laugh? Gareth Edwards, go and look on his website. Go and just <laughs> laugh and, and instantly you're lifted. And I love that. What a powerful tool, Gareth. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's so awesome. So, you know, you've obviously faced some biggest challenge, some really big challenges in your life mm. and, and um, you know, being diagnosed at 25 with bipolar, that's massive. 
So how do you, like, what do you do now? Like you said, you sort of turned your life around and you, you, you know, the last five years have been amazing. Obviously you moved to New Zealand, but what do you do? Like, what's your kind of like secret sauce apart from laughter? Like, how do you keep yourself, you know, on top of things mentally? Like, what do you do? I think the biggest thing for me, it's a couple of things, but the one that really, really kicks in is I'm a real fan of designing the life to suit your kind of temperament. You know, yeah. often, you know, we feel quite trapped in the life that we've got. And I think, you know, in some ways we're both really blessed because we moved away from a, we moved away from our hometown and home country where, you know, lots of people tell you how to live your life when you, you know, when you grow up around family and friends and community. But yeah, really designing the life that suits you. So for me, that means I work independently. I work freelance. Because yeah. I'm not really great at, you know, knocking it out nine till five Monday to Friday. So I like to go more with the, the energy of project work. But some people really love the routine of Monday to Friday. So yeah. definitely horses for courses. So designing a life that suits you um, is a real key one. And it's, not, it's a constant work in progress. Yeah. You know, my biggest challenge now is, you know, I moved to the South Island three years ago. Yeah. And they have winters here. You know, I lived in Auckland, Auckland for 10 years and winter for me as a, as a northerner, you know, you put socks on for a couple of months and you tough it out. Yeah. Yeah, you can get away with that in Auckland. And we had five years in Raglan. And you, could, you know, there'd be a couple of days that would be a bit fierce and then the rest was reasonably mild. Yeah. But here they've got proper winters. And I've, yeah. I don't know about you, Amy, but I've done enough of winter, you know. Yeah. We've, 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 <laughs> we've had our fears here. Yeah, and I'd had a year in Aberdeen, and that was like, oh, oh that winter wow, was yeah. astonishing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So for me, getting back mm. to that, adjusting my life to the seasons has been a real learning, and it still is, yeah. you know? Yeah. How to cope with winter blues and, and that seasonal effective stuff, you know, Absolutely. and seeing it coming, yeah. So tell me about that, because that's a really part, that's a big big thing for many people and I can absolutely relate to that Gareth because you know I'm um I know that the times in my life when I've really dipped have been very seasonal seasonal mm. but you know winter is such a powerful time to really drain your energy and um have you feel you know it's the darkness it's the it's the cold it's all of those things so it's, a, it's many people can relate to that and many people suffer it well, maybe they don't even know they're suffering and maybe they haven't recognized that so what do you do? You're in the South Island. You're 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 facing the winter. You're you're dealing with what you dealt with in the UK, pretty much the coldness and the darkness. So what yeah. what do you do? How do you consciously help yourself, Gareth? I think the main thing is that I kind of stop fighting it. Mm-hmm. It's a really natural instinct to hibernate. You know, we our lives are circadian. You know, we go in circles, night and day, mm-hmm. summer and winter. You know, it's. There's a part of us, particularly when we live away from nature, you know, we lose track of that cycle, mm. you know, because we've got electric lights and heaters and such, yeah. but our natural body rhythms are there. So a real big part of it is leaning into that. So I definitely yeah. sleep more in the yeah. winter. Um, I saw one of your wonderful newsletters talking about the power of naps, yes. <laughs> you know, certainly huge in the winter, like just yeah. a little brief period of warmth and unconsciousness could do a great power of good (laughs) um you know i eat a little bit more i get a bit chunkier you know um 
and part of it for me is like riding the wave of the energy. So, so I'm a musician and a writer. And when you're, when you got that instinct to create in that way, if you're not doing it, you sort of punish yourself. Like, why am I doing the things that I know I like and, you know, and enjoy? It's because it's winter. Yeah. So rather than kind of hammer myself on those things, I'm like, okay, it's not happening now. So I'll, I'll rest. But then when yeah. it is happening, you know, I'm working on a new song at the moment. Yeah. I must have done about nine hours on it the other day because it was flowing. Yeah. I haven't touched it since, you know? So yeah. just 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 allow things to come and go with a bit more grace and not yeah. be mean to myself. Yeah. I love that. That sings to me so much. <laughs> I I love that. I think that is one of the one of the strong reasons that people kind of um they beat themselves. One of the reasons that people do suffer from depression is that whole beating yourself up and thinking that I should be doing this, I should be doing that, and not being in touch with listening to what their bodies are telling them. I really love that you're listening to your body, and when your body mm. says rest more, totally relate to that. The sleeping and the napping and the and the the consciously making the decision that it's okay if I don't feel like doing this today. It's okay, you know. It's almost like having that kind of counselor on your own shoulders. It's you're mm. you're giving yourself that permission to be human and to realize that you're not always you know this too shall pass. This isn't going to be like this forever. But this is just a moment in time, and my body is crying out for a rest. Mm. You think about it before, you know, when we've charged through things in the past, we've like you know got to get this done. You know, really force things, and I believe that's one of the reasons that we end up quite depressed is because we're fighting the whole thing you know in that flow and um i think that yeah and we're, and we're ultimately fighting ourselves you know yes so, so i mean it's exactly that so one of the, one of my tricks you know and i've had this for so long now i've forgotten it was a trick but one of the tricks is sidestepping that double whammy so you feel like crap and then you feel like crap about feeling like crap yeah that second level of feeling crap is totally unnecessary you already feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't need to over egg that pudding with more feeling about crap. If you feel like crap, you feel like crap, that's fine. Yeah. You know, don't get into that for me anyway. I try not yeah. to get into that secondary level of, of crap feeling. Yeah. And some of that is sort of diversionary stuff, you know. So, you know, singing or movies or books or rest or walks or whatever. Yeah. As soon as I see that coming, I'm like, wait a minute. I already feel bad enough. I don't need to go to another layer of feeling bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's very, very powerful for you so that you can, it's almost like you're observing yourself there. It's almost like you're taking yourself out of your own body and seeing what's happening and then being preventative before actually before you, because yeah. you've been down that route before. So you know that actually I'm not going to do this to myself. I'm going to be kinder. I'm going to be gentler. I'm not going to worry if I'm eating a little bit more. I'm not going to be worried if I'm going to rest a bit more. If I want to watch a Netflix film, I'm going to do that. You know, I can really relate yesterday. For example, I used to be such a, a go-getter. Every day I'd be, I'd have a really high standards for myself. But, you know, yeah. I've, over the last few years, I've definitely taken that pressure off. And, you know, yesterday I had done a class in the morning. I came home and I just had things I needed to do, but I was like, you know, I just feel like there was no one in the house. It was bliss. <laughs> it, was <peace> <laughs> <quiet>. <laughs> it was like so beautifully quiet. Yeah. And I was like, fire on, cover on, Netflix on, comfort food out, 
job done and I felt a million dollars after for having done that you know and today I've got a little bit more energy to go and do the things that I, I want to do so it's like you just got to listen to that whole thing if you've got the ability to not have to fight through it all the time it's um, yeah and I think that comes back to designing your life and I know there'll be lots of people listening to this going oh that's easy for you guys you work for yourself or you work from yeah. home and yeah you know and I totally I'm totally sympathetic to that and I think some of it is and possibly not this time of year but as spring approaches and summer comes it's like okay what do I what do I need to put in place to redesign my life so it suits my temperament you know and you you know for me it's been 20 years of every year sort of chipping away at that yeah and you know trying to trying to give myself the best chance you know I love that and you're really serving out your purpose. I think a lot of people are still in that sort of um, where I was. I was. I can relate to that with that nine to five job, and that was a huge part of my depression. You know, at the time I had alcohol addictions and you know eating disorders and depression, postnatal, all the things at that time. And it's no coincidence that I I wasn't living my my life designed for me. It was like mm. I was taking a bus to work every day I was going to a job that had no meaning to me it wasn't giving me anything back it just felt like I was existing and surviving not thriving and you know you're right like that maybe is something that people can think about long term it's like you know is this is, is it this that's bringing me down is it the fact that I, I you know I'm, I'm doing this this you know job, is that bringing me down it's like identifying what really in their life are you know bringing them down and, and knowing that we have the ability to change things if we really really want to yeah and, and a bit like i was saying at the start you know like i can't imagine i can barely tell you what i'm doing tomorrow yeah. so i can't do the whole three-year plan where, where do you see yourself yeah. in five years time you know i, I, I yeah. do some visioning now and again yeah. but mostly what i try and do is make it more manageable for me so I'm, let's go to new zealand for a year and you know what it's like. You, you've done yeah. that, that, that trip. Yeah. You're like, you sit in the UK and go, gosh, that's a long way away. And how will I survive? And who will I know? And I don't have any friends. And, you know, so you go through all that. So yeah. for me to get over that, I say, well, let's just do it for a year. Yeah. If it's not great, we'll come back. Yeah. So most of my big leaps have been, let's do this for a year yeah. and then see how we go. Because yeah. a year is kind of, you know, kind of easier to think of than forever, you know? Yeah. Um, so that that helps me sort of make it less like final decision kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. It just kind of makes you feel it's less overwhelming, and and it means you're more likely to take the action because it feels more doable. It's more actionable, isn't it? Yeah, and for years, you know, certainly when I was in the Auckland, you know, rat race for years and yeah. years and years, I just held on to the desire. Yes. So I couldn't action much out of young family and a big mortgage and yada, yeah. yada, yada, all that stuff that, that, that impinges on us or impinged on me. And yeah. so for a long time, I just I just was accepting of the fact that I wanted something different. Yeah. You know, even though I couldn't, didn't feel particularly empowered to do it then, I was like, I never lost sight of the fact that I knew that I wasn't in the most favourable set of circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so one of the things for me, and it's great in wintertime as well. Yeah. I have to schedule some time in nature. Ah, yes. And not just like a day trip, fine. And I'm really blessed. I live right by a beautiful beach and, you know, lots of us do in New Zealand. That's great. That's like a top up. But for me, every, I don't know, 
let's call it four to five weeks, have to have a night under the stars. I have wow. to. That's I'm doing it this weekend. I'm, I'm getting back in my little camper van and heading out. It's bloody cold. Yeah. But I just know it's like a little reset for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think we all have, I mean, nature is just powerful. Like I find nature is extremely healing. And, you know, some people are drawn to forests, to the trees, or some people are drawn mm. to the water. Some people are both. Um, but there's such a power in for our mental health to be in nature, I totally agree with you. I don't know about the ebb and flow of the sea, it just puts things into perspective or it just feels more freeing or it just feels, you know, it's like, I just feel nature has always been such a, and living, and be, being in a city before, so I used to live in a city in, in, in Scotland and I didn't really have access to kind of beaches or that's me, my, my, my absolute love is the sea. So, you know, mm. when I'm, I feel like I can breathe. I feel like I can really replenish when I'm near the sea. So I can really understand what you're saying there. And and I love that you kind of plan that, Gareth. That's important yeah. as well. It's like, you know, we know things that we love to do. You, you know, remember back in the UK or whenever you do, you plan a holiday, you go on holiday. When you're on holiday, you say, man, I should do that more often. I love it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, but then sometimes you just forget to make it happen. But you know that this is something that literally lifts your energy, it replenishes you, it lifts your mental health. It's like it's like refueling yourself, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. And I have got really good at I have a lucky for opportunities. So, you know, I'm a sucker for a workshop or a retreat or you know, I know you guys do those wonderful retreats out west. Yeah. I don't you know, I don't go to those things because necessarily it's like, oh, that's that that content looks good or that title appeals to yeah. like I just yeah. need to go somewhere yeah. wherever yeah. I go part of the benefit and you know this part of the benefit yeah. is getting out to West Auckland having the yeah. beautiful food that your husband cooks yeah. you know some of the magic is in in the facilitators but some of it is just that break from your day-to-day -day routine yeah it's so cool. I look out for them I'm like I'll do this I'll do that and again there'll be people listening who haven't got the privilege of time and, and money that, that that maybe I have yeah. But I've engineered my life for it to be that way. You know, I yeah. spent a lot of time, you know, I probably spent probably five to seven years chipping away at designing the life I, I need. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still doing it really. Every year yeah. I make adjustments to that. Because um, one of the things, and, you know, people who maybe been hospitalized or had, you know, a lot of impact from mental illness or, or addiction. Yeah. I know the consequences if I don't. Yeah. The consequences are catastrophic for me. Yeah. So it's not even really a question of should I. It's like, well, we all know where this goes if you don't. Absolutely. You know, and that's not a pity party. It's it's just a pragmatic no. thing of, you know, if I want to keep myself alive and mm. connected and mm. being able to do things, it just has to be. Because yeah. the other path is pills and pillows, you know, and yeah. You've experienced. You've experienced enough pain to know, and that's like my second relate to that as well. You've experienced your pain, and it's like now you're like be you've become the ambulance at the top of the hill as opposed to the ambulance at the bottom of the hill. And I love that. Yeah. I think that's that's what you're doing, and it's like you know yourself well enough to know that this needs to happen. It's not. It's just as important as as eating, as breathing. It's all of the things. It's this is your preventer. This is how you keep yourself above the line and it's 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 brilliant that you've identified that so you can 
be preventative rather than kind of um, dealing yeah. with the aftermath of it. And one of the things I'm exploring this year, I've done it the other couple of winters I've been here. So, you know, the winter blues get a bad rep. I think they, I think they need a bit, a bit better marketing because <laughs> it is tough, you know, and I don't minimise how hard it is. And certainly I don't I don't experience it as, as hard as some of my friends who, who really do, you know, struggle at this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that I, I think the value of depression or low mood or that kind of experience is, is it makes us really gentle, tender and sensitive. Yeah. And so one of the things I'm looking at this year is can I use that sensitivity to go and explore, you know, some of the things that, you know, happened in the past and unresolved trauma and, you know, all that stuff that we kind of put in a box and, and stash yeah. away because we need to be functional. Might, well, if I'm going to be a little bit sad and distressed, I might as well go and tap in to some of those underlying things. And then hopefully, mm. you know, I give them a little spruce up and a little clean out and they stop shaping my life sort of invisibly. Yeah. yeah. So there's a gift amazing. there for me. Yeah. I love that. I think that the, I think we're on this kind of healing path, especially when you've had trauma like depression or, or things like that. Like, it's a healing journey isn't it and and all of these things can help towards healing that part of us that's that's often just buried in the carpet like kind of just pushed away it's too hard it's in the too hard yeah. pile it's like it keeps coming up and reading its ugly head it's like you know dealing with your with the matters it's kind of like counseling for for me years ago it's like you know rather than just avoid it's not going to go away by itself but by by taking action and 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 sort of healing through it is like it's going to help you long term to kind of finally put those things to rest definitely because i know i know in spring and summer i'll just be bouncing around the place you know yeah. jumping in the sea and having yeah. fun and, and i love yeah. that part of my character yeah. but i yeah. know there's a, a gentler side as well and you know yeah. that old cliche of you know you've got to feel it to heal it yeah and you know in spring and summer i'm not accessing it as stronger you know mm -hmm. it's not as present for me some of that underlying pain but now while it's there it's like well if you're going to be here why yeah. don't we snuggle down under a blanket and, and and get to grips with what's going on yeah i think that's really powerful i love that that's so good and but gareth you've written a book i have yes you have you're an yes. author so tell us about your book yeah so i've written a book it's got a an unusual title so the the title is called the procrastinator's guide to killing yourself mm. and the reason I wrote it, it started life as a blog. And um, we do a lot of work here and around the world on, on, on suicide prevention. And certainly in those yeah. mid-20s, you know, suicide was a very um, strong reality for me. So it's really a reflection of my personal journey with that in my 20s. And some of the, the learnings that I got from having that repeated experience of, of wanting to kill myself. The, the main tip or trick is in the title. So I talk about rather than um, denying the pain that you're in, rather than denying that urge to want to kill yourself, you accept it, but you just say, I'll do it later. Mm. So you create a bit of a delay. Because for me, this, this sense that what I was feeling was bad or wrong just made it even worse. It's like that secondary, secondary thing that I was talking about before. I already felt bad, and then I felt bad for feeling bad. Yeah. So to sort of soften that, it's like, well, that is your instinct at the moment. Just don't do it now. Mm. So procrastinate, put it off. And then in that little bit of space where you're not freaking out, 
over you know many weeks that space became bigger and became a real fertile ground for me to again have that witness mentality that's what the yogis call it you know watch and be like wow you're pretty upset right now or you're pretty you know distressed or you know those thoughts are really unusual and have no judgment of them i guess that's the case just like that's what's happening for you so you know watch it learn from it and then i guess i guess i then share five of the things that i did over time that got me to a place where that suicidal thinking wasn't as distressing you yeah, know, and even now, twenty years on, you know, I'd still say it comes and goes. Yeah, it, for me now, after twenty years, it is a springboard. It's like, yeah. wow, if you're really thinking that there's no better life, then some shit's going to change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know? You know, and, and you can't, you know, you, you often don't feel that when you're really in the grips of it. But now, if I see that coming, if I see those thoughts and, and ideas and feelings coming back, I'm like, whoa, that's like a warning bell for me. I'm like, what's yeah. going on? You know, what's happening underneath? Let's, let's have another crack at it. Let's give it another tweak. Yeah. And then, so yeah, I share five of the things that I did. And, you know, they're in a sequence, but they're more like a spiral. Because yeah. every time you come around, you get a sort of different view of the same stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, really... that's my book. That's really powerful. And that was, you, you had that book. That's been out for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. I released it yeah. two years ago. It's a very short book. So I, yes. I wrote the yes. blog for people who were literally, so I felt there wasn't a lot of information for people who, you know, are right in that, that moment of staring at the abyss yes. and, didn't, and didn't want to reach out to a friend mm. or a colleague or ring a helpline. They were just with it. They were just in it mm -hmm. and with it. And so I wrote this little blog and, you know, people seem to like it. They seem to like the, the bluntness of it. Like yeah. even the title, they're like, yeah, that, that's, you know, that really sung out to me. So I kept yeah. the title for the book. The book takes an hour to read. There's an audio version. If you, if you like this Coronation Street style accent, um, <laughs> it's meant to be short. It's meant to be, you know, really simple language. A lot of what we do in mental health is jargon things up and, make it inaccessible and i think a lot of for my own well-being and for lots of people i've worked with it's not rocket science mm. it really isn't no it's really the simple things that, that that make a difference and i know you know that from you know mm. the work with the hoops and with the coaching yeah sometimes it just need stuff. someone to yeah remind us how simple it can be yeah absolutely so i'll share a link with this um with this podcast with with, with you how they could access that book because i think right. that book could be absolute gold for so many people who can relate to, to to your story, Gareth. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and just on the the topic of, um, you know, your like, do you have like you've you shared obviously in your book, your book you share about your five the five things that kind of help you. But on your in your you know a lot of people have like kind of daily practices, and I know myself like I've I've introduced quite a number of daily practices like kind of gratitude and meditation and things that really help me. Um, and obviously exercise, but that really help my mental health. And it's mm. like a preventive, it's like that whole, is there any kind of, is there any one or two um, habits or anything that you do on a daily basis that really helps you? Like, you know, Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. And, and, you know, and again, you just go out and give everything a try and see what yeah. sticks. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of um, physical pain sometimes with backache and, you know, shoulders and all the rest of it. 
So um, stretching and yoga, I've got a routine that I do very, very gentle. You wouldn't even call it yoga. It's more like just rolling around on the floor. <laughs> um, but, you know, I try and do that most days of the week. I'm Good. definitely a fan of, you know, that old thing of, of that first bit of the day, like not getting caught up in all the drama of things. Yeah. You know, so the phone doesn't go on until I've had a bit of a stretch. Um yeah, I don't. I don't just jump into my day, and I know you're a yeah. big fan of that 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 sacred time that a lot of yeah. people call yeah. it. You know, yeah, it's a real fertile time. So carving that out, mm. um, and yeah, like you know, I'm a fan of meditation and all sorts. Yeah. I'm really agnostic. Yeah, you know, I like the guided stuff, I like the chakra stuff, I like the Buddhist stuff. I'm like whatever. Yeah, you know, if it yeah. gives me a break from myself, I'm in. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> is, is spirituality played a part in your healing, Gareth? Oh, a huge part, a yeah. huge part, you know. Um, and again, really sort of um, open to all sorts, you know. I got very into yoga and Hinduism and, you know, I'm currently on a bit of a mission to discover our culture. Our background yeah. is Celts, you know, wow. and Druids. I'm, I'm doing a course on Druidry. So I'll look for it wherever I can find it. There seems to be some universals, you know, yeah. and... Yeah, I think that connection to nature is such a it's such a no-brainer. You know, certainly I don't know what your experience is, but for me, mm. coming to New Zealand and working with Maori and working with Polynesian people who talk about the land <laughs> in a way that I'd never heard, mm. you know. I'd, and, and over the years, it just sort of kept coming back to this, you know, this connection to nature, to Father Sky, Mother Earth you know, to spirit. And then I find myself going back to the UK and, you know, I landed in Ayrshire last time. Last year I went back for a trip and visited okay. some friends there. And I was like, oh, I feel good here. I feel like I've been here before. Never been to Ayrshire before. Yeah. But that's just that connection to a place. Mm, and um, so, yeah, I know there's spirituality there. I'm not a particularly yeah. religious person. Yeah. But, um you know, I, I now enjoy the idea of gods, particularly all these Hindu gods and all these Celtic gods. It's like yeah. they're kind of like external representations of, of things that exist within us. I think that's how yeah. I see them. Yeah. So I enjoy playing with them. Um, you know, and yoga's got such a rich variety of things. So I do the stretching, but I love the kirtan, which is the yoga singing. Yeah. I love the, you know, the breath work, the pranayama, which is where laughter yoga sits. Um, yeah, there's a whole wealth of treasures out there, often in indigenous-based approaches. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, fabulous, because these are things that people can really bring into their daily life. It doesn't need to be long, does it? It doesn't need to be an hour length of yoga. It can be a few minutes or, you know, a few minutes in nature or, you know, it's like in that connection. It's like it doesn't need to be long, but it's like creating in that time for yourself, creating that space where you can actually bring this stuff into your life so that it becomes like a habit, becomes something that just is what you do, you know? It's, yeah, um, definitely. You know, and I was a big, I was a big cigarette smoker, you know, 30, 40 yeah. fags a day. I found time for that. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> 50 fags yep. here and there on the bus, <laughs> under this, under that, you know? So, you know, if you can find, you know, 20 yeah. opportunities a day to have yeah. a fag, then you can find, you know, a couple of opportunities to drop into a breath exercise. Absolutely. Do the laughter challenge on my website. Yeah. Um, you know, take a moment to really, um, really notice your surroundings. I love that five things, you know, something you can see, something you can hear, something you can smell, 
just to reconnect you with your body. Because often when we're most stressed, strained, and in the tension, mm. we're just in our heads. We've forgotten we've got this beautiful body. Yeah. So anything that gets you sort of just sort of breaks that little circuit of, of, of mental anguish. Mm. Yeah, he's like, oh, like all the shit's still there. All the bad yeah. stuff is still there, but you're not kind of caught up in the drama of it. You're much more yeah. relaxed. Mm. And therefore you handle things so much better when it does get thrown at you. You become stronger to deal with life yeah, challenges, totally. which ine- inevitably are going to be happening all the time for us because it would be very dull if we didn't have any challenges in this lifetime. We're here to learn. And I guess it's a case of, but how do we keep ourselves how do we keep ourselves connected? How do we keep ourselves mentally strong as well as physically strong? For sure. Um, and spiritually sure. strong as well. So, I mean, there's been so many nuggets in that. What would you say, Gareth? What would the, If you were to share one message with the world, one, what's your message? Like, what would you, what would you say? What would your message be to the world? It changes over time. <laughs> but currently, my focus is about living life less seriously. Yeah. You know, and there's a distinction here between being a responsible adult, which, you know, we are most of the time. Yeah. But we can be, we don't have to be serious with that. Mm. We can still tap into a, a childlike view of it. Yeah. And so that's, that's my main thing. So when, you know, my music is often quite joyful and upbeat, you know, the laughter yoga, even the writing, even though I wrote a book about suicide, mm. there is moments of comedy within that. Because yeah. for me, some of it was funny, you know? Yeah. So even the most serious of topics around death and, and, and killing yourself, for me, we can still approach that with less seriousness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's my main message. And we live life that. less seriously. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. I think we do take life too seriously. We take ourselves too seriously. And I think that... You know, I, I've, it's my belief, I sort of see life like this now, is that this world is just like a playground and we're here to have fun. We're here to be joyful. We're here to experience the joy. We're here to experience the fun, the laughter. Of course, the other stuff as well. But you're right, the more lighthearted we can be, the more connected we're going to be and um, help keep us away from the pain and um, keep us keep us towards the light much more. I love that. That's such a powerful, powerful thing. And it's often a a gentle reminder daily using the practices like laughter and all those things, but just taking life less seriously. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, find your thing, you know, like if you look to sing, sing like, so when I do my gigs, you know, this is not me on a stage performing at you. Like, you know, this. I'll, I'll, you know, let's all sing together. There's real power in that. People hate it. See, people just go, oh, I don't want to sing. I can't sing. I've got so much judgment around singing. And then, you know, within minutes, it's such a joyful thing. Singing, dancing, moving, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever brings you that little bit of relief is gold. Like, don't, we sort of trivialize it because we think it's childish. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you're hula hooping. Like, when we grew up, hula hoops were for little girls, right? That was it. Yeah. You'd stop that around about 12 when you started smoking cigarettes and drinking vodka, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know how much joy it brings. I mean, you've seen my attempts to, to learn and get yeah. better at it, yeah. feel foolish and, you know. Yeah. We have to find a way to access that, that joyful, childlike nature because otherwise we yeah. just we just restrict ourselves. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, if I find myself going down, if I find myself 
thinking it's like what do I need to do to like what can I do that's going to be lighter and playful and because I'm lucky because I do hoop every day I know it keeps me away from that it's like that I get to sort of connect with my inner child on a Ooh. daily basis for sure um but you're right it's find the thing you love like everyone's different and we've all got different things that bring us joy so so really allow yourself to seek that joy and then bring it into Ooh. your life on a daily basis um in order to kind of yeah live your best life and yeah, I love Absolutely. it. Mm. Oh, Gareth, it's been such a pleasure. You're, as I said at the beginning, you really are an absolute ray of sunshine in this life. <laughs> and you know, you 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 do you bring so much. Um, you you do bring so much to this world. And and I do, you know, want to sort of. I'll put a link for your book because I do believe that that book is um, already helping many many people. Mm. Um, and and you know, definitely go onto your website, go onto Gareth's website and. Give yourself a laugh, even if that's the next thing you do now. Go and have a quick, <laughs> quick look at it and have a laugh and <laughs> get yourself laughing. I mean, I swear to God, like laughter is the best medicine, and um, you know it's helped me so much in my life. And I know that that's I think that's what bonded us in the first place. Gareth was that kind of connection that it, our, I think it was our inner child in each other Absolutely. that saw. I saw your inner child and you saw mine, <laughs> and I think that's our connection. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. So thank you so much, sure. dear Gareth. You're an absolute star, and um, have an amazing weekend under the stars. Wonderful. Thank you, Amy. Thank you <laughs> very much. You're so welcome. Take care. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Jumping Through Hoops. I hope that this has been helpful to you. Feel free to drop me a message at amy at powerhoop.com or find out more about how I can help you on my website, www.amybeingamy.com.